This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Dude Shoes. Light, comfy, good to go to. When you shop at a Walmart Vision Center, you get it. You know that you'll spend a little less on stylish glasses for the whole family. Welcome to the Vision Center. Let me know if you need help finding the perfect frames. Hey, Mom, you were right. These glasses are cool. Hun, they take our insurance. That means Papa's getting a new pair, too. Whoa, glasses start at just $39. Next stop, groceries. So you can get a little more of what you need. Find a Vision Center near you. Save money, live better. Walmart. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Jamie. He is a Leicester City supporter, and he's actually from Leicester Fan TV. He's on to give us the Leicester City perspective on this upcoming match. This should be a very good show. I'm looking forward to the match on Monday, but before I do anything else, I have to welcome Jamie to the show, making his debut. Jamie, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome, Russ. Much appreciated. Thanks for letting me come on your show today. Looking forward to this myself, talking about Leicester and Fulham. Last, last one of the last games I saw at King Power was uh, Leicester Fulham when we beat you when you last time you were at the King Power when we beat oh. you three one when Jamie Vardy <laughs> scored his hundredth goal. So I remember I've that. Got, <laughs> I've got some memories about it, so I'm okay there. Wasn't that Brendan Rodgers' first match in charge, if I can remember correctly? First, first home game. Okay. First home game because I actually live. People that don't, people won't know, but I actually live in Mallorca, Spain. Uh, so I flew in. Because it was oh. going to be Claudio, it was going to be Claudio Ranieri's return. That's right. And Brendan Rodgers' first home game, and I booked the tickets on the Monday, and Ranieri got sacked on the Tuesday. <laughs> so, but I still I went remember. back for Brendan Rodgers' first game. So, yes, so that was my last, uh, last but one game I was there for. Okay, excellent. All right, Jamie, we're going to really break down this match in just a bit. But before we do that, I, I want our audience to learn a little bit more from your perspective on Leicester City. I'm sure they all are very familiar with, with your club, but I just want to get your 
thoughts will start here on the season so far for Leicester City through your eyes. It's actually started while well, I know about the last match. You know, again, we could talk about Liverpool, but beyond that. No, we'll pass on that one. <laughs> beyond that, it's actually been a very good start to the season. Yeah, well, I'll start before before the season started in pre-season. Uh, pre-season, we'd lost Ben Chilwell. He went to Chelsea for £50 million and we thought, uh, do we need to get a, re- a replacement for him? And we were struggling to get replacements. And the squad depth was looking a bit thin. And we got Timothy uh, Castagna. Then yep. we bought Wesley Fofana. And then we got uh, Under as well. Under was towards the end of the transfer deadline. Uh, we bought them in and the squad depth looked good. And we thought, oh, this is going to be not bad. We had West Brom away the first game of the season. Now, teams that come up from the championships are normally, like yourselves uh, and West Brom, normally on a bit of a high when they come up first game at home and we thought, oh, this is going to be a tough game. And actually, we beat them 3-0 and we thought that wasn't as hard as we thought it was going to be because we hadn't won an away game right. since January the 1st against Newcastle. So, what was that, nine, eight months? Eight months we hadn't won an away game in the Premier League and we thought, well, that's different. We didn't expect that. Um, and then we had Burnley. Well, you know what Burnley teams give you. Sean Dyche tells you to tells them to go and kick you up the backside and give them a good fight and a scrap. We beat them 4-2. And then we go to Man City. We beat Man City 5-2 at the Etihad. It was unbelievable, considering, according to Rodrigo and uh, I can't remember who the other player was, said we were lucky to beat them because we just defended. Well, we defended five times. We, we scored five goals. How was that just defended? Um, but the season, it's just, the season's getting better and better. We had a bit of a blip against West Ham and Villa. Uh, when we lost at home, which we shouldn't have really lost to West Ham and Villa. Villa were one of our local rivals, being from the uh, Midlands, we're east, they're west. We should have really beat them. But then we picked up Europe's come on. We've won four, three, three out of four European games, just qualified last night. So the, the season is picking up. So you just, I just lost you then for a second. Yeah, uh, yeah the season st- started to pick up and it's looking good. It's looking good. You qualified for Europe. So yeah, push on now. You on uh, Monday night hopefully push on from them, but it's just taking each game at a time at the minute. One, one game at a time. I know it's the old cliche, but one game at a time. Injuries as well. Six out. Six out injured and we're still in the top four and qualified for Europe uh, for the next round, of the, next, the last 32 of Europe in the Europa League. So it's not looking too bad at the minute for us. It's quite nice to be a Leicester fan again. <laughs> okay, excellent. You've already talked a little bit about the transfer window, but just share with me overall your thoughts on it. Well, like I said, to start off with, it was a bit thinking, are we bringing people in or not? And at the typical Leicester, Leicester style, leaving it to the last moment to get to get players in. Uh, we, we had There was that many names, I don't know about the same as Fuller, about you lot, but it was, we were literally named, linked to every single player. I think we were linked with about 50-odd players and we didn't know whether we were coming or going with, is it them? Everyone was going on YouTube, oh, he looks a good player, nothing happened. He looks a good player, nothing happened. And then we finally signed Castagna, from Atalanta, who had just qualified for Champions League and he came to us. Then we signed Under from Roma. Uh, he's actually on loan from Roma. And then Fofana, which we took absolutely ages to sign, uh, Wesley Fofana, but he's been absolutely outstanding. So, on balance, with losing Chilwell, on balance, we had a pretty good pretty good uh, transfer window. It's just that the, the strength in depth with the injuries at the moment is that's what we're struggling with at the minute. But they are coming back slowly. Okay, excellent there. So, do we just throw away that Liverpool match, Jamie? I'm curious your, your view on that. Um, yeah, can we, can we just pass? Can we just push that to one side, please? No, we weren't very good. We weren't very good at all. 
we went, I think we were too overconfident. A lot of the Leicester fans were really too confident. Three, we're going to beat them three or four nil because they'd got injuries as well. They'd got six right. or seven out. Um, I always go for a, a two-all draw. Every away game, I say two-all. People say, why are you sitting on the fence? Why are you sitting on the fence for? I'm in a two-all draw. It's a point. You don't lose. I'd rather exactly. have a point than lose. And people, some people don't see that. Some people, oh, yeah, three or four nil. But I always sit on the fence and they're going, why? And so far, apart from the Liverpool game, I've said two-all and we've won every one. Well, apart from last night in the Europa League, uh, right. we've won every one apart from the Liverpool game. So... Yeah, the Liverpool one was, yeah, that's gone now. Forget that. That's gone. That's one of the three hitters we had, which we didn't do very well. Didn't expect anything, but we shouldn't have lost 3-0. We should have been better than what we were. Okay, excellent there. Let's not talk about Brendan Rodgers. Again, um, I was a fan of his at Liverpool, and it didn't end well for him at Liverpool, and obviously they brought in Klopp. But it seems like he's been a very good fit for you guys at Leicester City. Just talk about your thoughts on Brendan Rodgers. Well, when he came in, he came in against Brighton a couple of weeks um, before before we played you guys about 18 months ago. Yeah, it was about 18 months ago he came in and um, we thought, well, how did we get him? Can't believe how we got him from leave, from leave Celtic, come down to us. Very surprising. And then we won a lot of games. We won quite a few games um, and it seems, in his style of football is very different it's, it's not. I wouldn't say it's Barcelona-esque. It's not ticky-tacky like Barcelona, but he likes to pass, likes to keep possession, slow build-up, pass sideways, 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 pass forward, pass back, sideways, and then try and break them down. You'll find, I think, 90% of our games have been, we keep the ball, break you down, ball, it's literally, it's kind of like a boring kind of football. And um, we do score most of our goals in the second half. Come the last half hour is when we score a lot of our goals. As for Brendan Rodgers, yeah, when we had the lockdown, when we were locked down over in the UK and we had them last night, the restart, I was losing a little bit of faith in him, the, the football, but I think that was just in general, to be honest. Everything, the whole the whole football had just gone a little bit pants, to be honest. So, yeah, I was losing a little bit of faith, but then this season, sort of picked up and back on the upward slope. Being a Leicester fan, over the years, I've been a Leicester fan now 40 years, and it's yeah. like being on a blinking roller coaster, up <laughs> and down, up and down. And we were going back on that upward quest the last last 12 months probably now. Let me ask you this, because again, Fulham had Claudio, and it didn't work at all for, with Claudio. But obviously it worked I was, tremendously. I was hoping he was going to do well there. I really yeah. did. Yeah, it just didn't work. I don't think he had the players to play the way that he wanted to play. Jamie, which again uh, goes back to the decision to bring him in because it didn't make sense to me at the time. Nothing to do with Claudio. It had to do with it just wasn't a good marriage. It just didn't seem like his style of play was going to work, and it didn't. And, uh, you know, but again, I have nothing bad to say about Claudio, just that it just didn't work. But talk about the differences between, say, the Claudio style, which is tremendously different, so, Brendan, how, how do the fans feel about both of them? You know, I, I, again, is there a difference how fans look at Rodgers compared to Claudio? Oh, yeah, there's a huge difference because Claudio won the league for us. So there's always going to be a huge difference uh, in that perspective. But a lot of credit for Claudio Ranieri's side has to be given to Nigel Pearson, the manager yes. before that had the great escape. His team really was his team. He just tinkered with it. Uh, Claudio did. We won, I think we won 26 games. I'm not off the top of my head. I can't remember. We won an awful lot of games. We only lost three. 
Claudio style was let them all come on. Yep. Lack of lack of possession. Not like Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers liked possession. Claudio had liked the lack of possession. Exactly. Counter attack. And to start off with, it was we'll score more than you. It literally was. You score two, we'll score three. Then towards the end of the season, we had a run. I think it was he, he booked his ideas up and the defence got the idea. And we had something like six clean sheets on the drop and we won five of them six one nils. So it was from going from uh, we'll score more than you to you won't pass. But Brendan Rodgers is do not lose first, do not concede and keep possession and break the sides down. Right. But Claudio will be, unless Brendan Rodgers wins the Europa League or wins the FA Cup or wins the league again this year, hopefully, maybe, you never know. It could never happen know. again, but you never know. Uh, but Claudio will always be that one step ahead um, of Brendan. But Brendan is going on that way. Brendan's won, I can't remember now, I think he's won well over 50% of his games playing for, uh, playing for Leicester while he's been in charge. But it's Ranieri didn't, didn't have that because of his second season, unfortunately. Okay. Very good there. All right. Let's now talk a little bit about some of the things I actually heard, and I want to give credit to the uh, Fulmish podcast. They did an excellent preview. Uh, Don Betts did an excellent preview of the uh, upcoming match and had on uh, a YouTuber who, who um, handles, like yourself, uh, talks about Leicester City. And one of the things that they were talking about, so I thought, you know, give them credit, but I also want to talk about it to you. Does Leicester City have a plan B? This is something that they were focusing on full mission. You're smiling. So let's talk a little bit about it. Because, again, what I had heard on this other podcast was they don't. Um, up until this year, this season, sorry, no, we didn't have a plan B. It was the subs were like for like. We didn't have, a diff- we didn't have the same sub. Uh, sorry, we didn't have a different sub for Vardy. It was just Nacho came on. And yep. we tried to play the same way. We haven't got... I mean, I'm a bit old school. I like the old 4-4-2, big man, small yep. man up top. We don't do that anymore, um, unfortunately. But we seem to have more of a plan B now. Now we've got the players, in the, squ- the squad players. Rogers never used to play with a um, with three at the back. So I'm just thinking... If, because if Rogers throws a curveball in a lot of the team selections. An hour yep. before kickoff, he'll throw a curveball in. And he'll have a completely different selection. And you're thinking, why has he done that? How has he done that? But he's actually picking a team for the opposition. Instead of playing our own way, he's picking a team for the opposition. Yeah. But just recently, because of the injuries, he's had to play three at the back and right. two wing backs. So at the minute, we have got a plan B and we do we can change it uh, to a flat back four or three at the back or five at the back, however you want to call it. Everyone calls it their own different way and playing with wing-backs. So, yes, we do have a plan B. And okay. it gives you, with wing-backs, I do like it. Although I prefer 4-4-2. I think that's finished now in football. You don't play 4-4-2 now. Anybody, no one does anymore. Um, with the wing-backs, it gives you the option of the attacking wingers. So, yes, we have got a plan B of okay. sorts. We, okay. still need, we still need another striker for Vardy in case he gets injured. That's the only problem. We haven't got a proper out-and-out striker for Vardy. Well, that's going to lead me to ask you this. Again, another conversation piece was this. Our Western City, too reliant on Jamie Vardy. You know, again, he's still, you know, it's funny. He's 33, going to be 34. And again, this is something that I heard on Fulmer. They were talking about this as well. And I want to get your view on this because, um, again, how much longer can he play at this level? I, I don't know. But I want to ask you in general, are they too reliant on Jamie Vardy? You just mentioned that you need another striker. 
What about the other striker that you have? It's just, you know, and again, it's they don't really change the style when he comes out. So your thoughts on our Leicester City too reliant in the short term and also the long term? In the short term, yes, we are because um, although we, although see, there we go again. If we've got Vardy and Nacho up top, we play a different team, we play a different style, and Nacho is pretty good with Vardy yep. when he plays up top. But when Nacho plays on his own, if Vardy's injured, it's yep. not the same kind of player. Nacho's not the same kind of. He likes coming right. deep, where Vardy can come deep and then he brings the defender to you and he'll beat it for pace. He'll beat you for pace. Vardy will. If you're on a foot race with Vardy, you got unless unless you um, Usain Bolt, you've got no chance of catching him. He is like grease lightning, even at the age of 33. And I still think he's got at least two, maybe three more years left in him. That's because yep. he started. He started his uh, international career. He started his uh, professional career very late. He only started it at. 26, I think it was, 25, 26. So he didn't come into the professional game until very late on. So he hasn't had all that training that all the others have had. They've had five or six, five or six years yep. before him. So I think he's got a good two or three years left in him. Okay. Um, but if we, he scored 10 in 10 so far this yeah. year in all games. Ten, I think we've played 15 games. A couple of the games he hasn't played in, just like rested him. Uh, internationals, he doesn't play in any internationals now. That's, that's good for us because of his injuries. He picks up a knock. As we all know, when you get a bit older, it takes ages to get over a cold. So just what these footballers like once they get older, it's, it takes longer to get over injuries. I mean, last night he scored last-minute equaliser. I know he only came on the last half hour, yep. um, but that was his 139th goal in about 260-odd games for wow. us. So, yeah, that puts him fourth in the charts in Leicester's highest goal scorers. Wow, that's that's pretty incredible. I'm going to share some comments from the form supporters. Age is just a number. Vardy doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. I agree with that. But, you know, I just thought I would bring that to the table. And also, here's an interesting one from Edward Severn. Vardy leaving the England team is helping him save his legs. What are your thoughts on that, James? Yeah, oh, yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree with Edward there. Vardy leaving that team, leaving that England team. He wasn't getting the game time. He was not getting the game time. He was playing out of position on the wing with Harry Kane, the main England striker, yep. which... Nobody in Leicester, nobody in Leicester really likes. I don't think there are many <laughs> Leicester fans watching. There won't be many people who don't like Harry Kane in Leicester. So, um, but yeah, um, they were playing him out of position. He was an informed striker, and he wasn't playing. He was playing him on the wing. Vardy and Kane up top would have been absolutely fantastic. Would have been brilliant. But Gareth Southgate didn't want to play them two up top. He's stuck with Harry Kane. Right. Come what may. So for Vardy to say, right, that's it. I'm done. Dusted within international. He hasn't actually retired. He sort of said. Don't select me. I'm not up for selection at the minute. He might come back. He might not. We'll have to wait and see. But for Leicester fans, touch wood, hopefully he won't play for England again. And that that sounds hard. That sounds hard. I understand understand where you're going on that. I totally understand. For a club point of view, yeah. Don't want him to play for England again. Very interesting that everybody brought that up. All right. Let's not talk about key players in this match for Leicester City. And I'm going to share a comment in just a second from from Edward again, who actually has a question for you. So let's... uh, let me see if I can bring this up here for you. Key players for Leicester City against Fulham. Key players, well, you've got, of course, we've mentioned them already, Jamie Vardy. If Jamie Vardy's fitting on fire, which he only had 30 minutes last night, so he's had plenty of time to relax and rest his legs, he'll be one of the main players. You've got Yuri Tillemans, the old star man, um, Dennis Pratt, James Madison, uh, Papi Mendy, who does an absolutely fantastic job 
He's a, he's a central defensive midfielder. He actually, near enough, left the club. His contract ended this summer and they re-signed him on a two-year extension. It, the last couple of days and he re-signed. And it, he's been a revelation this year, uh, Papi Mendy. has absolutely fantastic. Winning the ball, picking it up. Not quite as good as what Kante was when we won the league. Right. Uh, but yeah, he's that kind of player and he's done an absolutely fantastic job. Um, well, um, Johnny Evans. Johnny Evans is outstanding. Johnny Evans made Harry Maguire look good. That's why Harry Maguire went for 80 million. We actually got better. We sold our best defender for 80 million and got defensively better with uh, Soyunku, Mr. Massive, in the cent- in the centre of defence. Yep. We'd, we'd already got him for 80 million, uh, for 18 million, sorry, and we sold Maguire for 80 million. And we got defensively better. And the reason was Johnny Evans. When Johnny Evans is missing, we're not as good. We're not as good. So Johnny Evans in the defence, Tillemans in the middle of midfield, and Jamie Vardy up top. Okay, excellent. They, they would be the key. They would be the key men. Okay, well let's let's go back and talk about this player. This is from Edward Severn. Yuri Tillemans is one of my favorite players to watch that does not play for form. What do the Leicester City fans think of Yuri? It sounds like you're very high on him. So in general, we all are. We all are. When he when he first came, Claude Puel bought him in on loan. And it was it was absolutely brilliant. It was the star man every game. That's why there's um, there was a David Bowie song, the star man. That's <laughs> I can't remember the actual words to it. But that's the song they sing about yep. him. But then when we signed him in that following summer, last season he wasn't as good. He seemed to like he was looking for a job when he was on loan, managed to get a job, and then when he got a job, he was just like, oh yeah, I do my job now, and that's it. But this year he's improved so much, and I think that's down to Dennis Pratt playing regular. And yep. uh, Timothy Castagna, the three Belgian, the Belgium trio, all three of them yep. speak, speak the same. And I think it's it's improved his game having them other two there, the three Belgians there playing for yep. Leicester. I think it's improved uh, Yuri Tillemans. But yeah, Yuri Tillemans, he can he can spot a pass and he can make a pass. But, so yeah, so Yuri Tillemans, Edward is right there. He is a quality player. But and to come into Leicester, I mean, last night was his fiftieth game in Europe, and he's only twenty three. That's and he's already crazy. played 50 games. Wow. And he came from Monaco. He, came, he played Andalac, uh, sorry, Andalac first and then Monaco. And then he came to us. We couldn't believe it. We bought him for £32 million for Monaco. And he, yeah, great. Absolutely fantastic player. Well, that's great. That's good to hear for our Leicester City. All right, coming up next, we will finish with uh, getting Jamie's take on how does Leicester City win this match? How does Fulham win this match? We'll get his starting 11 and we'll end with his prediction. Okay, Jamie. First of, all, first of all, I'm going to ask you, how does Leicester City win this match? Let's really focus on the match on Monday night. How does Leicester beat Fulham? Scoring more goals than you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's, that's a start. You asked, that's you a start, my, exactly. Uh, exactly. You asked my honest honest opinion then. Right, what I think it was. Did I write it down? No, I didn't write it down. I know what I know what the design. I was doing a few notes before just to make sure I've got everything in my head. Because if I don't okay. write it down, I forget, I forget things. But I think what it will be, we'll play a flat back for, uh, sorry, three at the back. You'll play Casper in goal. You'll have uh, Johnny Evans, uh, Wesley Fofana and Christian Fuchs as the three centre-halves. You'll have uh, JJ on the right as the right wing back. Luke Thomas on the left as the left wing back. Uh, Papi Mendy in the middle of midfield. Uh, Viley up top. And then it will be three out of these four. We never know which. Yep. There'll be Dennis Pratt, James Madison, Harvey Barnes and Yuri Tillemans. Oh, and uh, Under as well. 
Kagler under. So that's, there'll be three out of them five. Okay. And he sort of mixes them about. But you normally find it's Tillemans and Pratt are the main two. And then, because Pratt gives you something different. Pratt's, where Madison's the more creative side of it, Pratt isn't. He wins the ball, plays it to Tillemans, and Tillemans does it. Uh, but Madison is the more creative that can find spaces for the players up top. And Harvey Barnes is quick on the wing. Bundo is quick on the wing as well. But we're playing wing bats. We don't need them two quick players there. So it, it's a bit difficult. We, we actually, like I said to you earlier, we have to wait yep. and see to, to see what curveball um, Brendan Rodgers plays on the, on the day. But I think he'll play with the squad he's got. He'll play three at the back yep. just to give that bit more security. Because okay. Luke Thomas... Luke Thomas is an excellent young defender. Last night, we had three uh, academy lads in, all from the local area of Leicester, playing in Europe, and one of them scored. Well, they've all That's scored great. in Europe. Sorry, two of them, Barnes scored as well. So, three out, three played last night and two scored, all from the local villages in Leicester, which is absolutely fantastic. And only 21. Uh, Thomas is 19, and then Barnes and Chowdhury are 22, 23-ish. So, it's looking wow. good for us, really is. Oh, that's... So that midfield, he, he mixes yep. it up the midfield a bit. But Tillemans, Tillemans will be the one that would 100% start and then he has to pick the others uh, okay. throughout the other four. Okay, excellent. All right, I'm going to put you in the shoes of Scott Parker. People don't generally like this, but how does Fulham win this match? If you were him, what would be your strategy against Leicester City? Make sure you've got your set pieces right because we struggle at set pieces. Okay. Set pieces, corners, free kicks. We do struggle at at that. Simple okay. as against Liverpool, three corner, uh, three three headers, one one from a corner, Johnny Evans' own goal, uh, one from a, a corner that came out and then came back in, okay. and another and the Firmino one was from a free kick, if I remember rightly. Yeah, free kick. I've tried to put the like I said, I've tried to put Liverpool one right at the back of my head. I don't really want to remember that one. So yeah, set pieces, free kicks and corners is where your big, your big, um, our big problem is. Sorry, where one of our okay. weaknesses is. But okay. as, and defend, for you to nullify us, your defenders have got to be on the ball, really on the ball against Varda. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. You totally only, agree. I mean, last night, he had three shots on goal and scored with two of them. One of them was given offside, which it was slightly offside, and then he scored in the last minute as well. So he had two shots, yep. and sorry, three shots and scored with two of them. So he's on form at the minute. He really is. Oh, that's great. That's, the ones, uh, from, from a Leicester point of view, yeah, I'm from, not sure. I'm sorry, from a Leicester, from a Leicester point of view. From a, sorry, from a Leicester point of view, the ones that Fulham have got to look out, with, out for, I think, yep. Mitrovic for one. A lot of people wanted to sign Mitrovic when he was in the Championship last year yep. and then in the summer to have the big man up top for the extra striker to play big man, small man up top. Right. But we didn't go with that. Um, Loftus Cheek. I think Loftus Cheek is a quality player, and I can't believe nothing against Fulham. I can't believe that Chelsea let him go. He's gone there to Fulham to get game time, and he's oh, playing absolutely. well. So, and he's, he he scored a cracking goal against Everton the other day, didn't he? Yep. Uh, I think it was this, the three. Did he make it three two? I think it was. Yeah, he made uh, it three two. He did. He yeah. absolutely did. He made it three two. Uh, quality player, and he's when he was at Palace as well. Yeah. I can't believe that he's been sent out on loan so many times. I, I'm oh. so surprised at that. Uh, from Palace, and the also one is uh, the other one is Tom. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Kearney. Ke- it's Kearney. Yep. Tom Kearney, Kearney. Yes. Yep. Yeah. He was a quality player. Again, we looked at him a couple of years ago when Rogers first came. Um. So yeah. So I think they're the three main ones that uh, we've got to look out for. And I also thought Luckman would be good for you, but he hasn't oh, really done a lot. He hasn't well, no. really done a lot, has he? 
Well, no, he he has in the beginning, and it's unfortunate. Well, he actually set up the goal for uh, for Loftus Cheek, and uh, the issue with him, you know, unfortunately, we have the situation with penalties. Uh, Fulham can't take penalties. <laughs> that, that's that's a joke right now, but um, he was good all leading up to that. And of course, you have the situation with the penalties. I think he's going to be a key player for Fulham, not just uh, in this match, but the rest of the season. He's someone to look out for. Jamie, seriously, I, I can't say enough good things about Lookman. Obviously, you have the negative with uh, with taking the penalty, but beyond that, he's been very good. He, he's very, he good. He's very that, dangerous. Was he the one that was Everton, and then he went to Germany, and then he he's come back to you on loan? Yes. yes. He's yes. only young, isn't he? He's only young, isn't he? He's only about 20, and he's something like that. Yeah, he's, 20, he's 23. He's 23. Oh, is so, it? Oh, he's older than that. Yeah. yeah, he's 23. Okay, so um, I'm going to share how I think Fulham can win this match. It's funny. I'm glad that you mentioned your thoughts on it. Against a team like yours, you know, it's funny because uh, I look at them and uh, I would expect you could agree or disagree that you want possession. Fulham are going to want possession. But I think Scott Parker needs to take the tact where, you know, again, he's going to understand that you're going to have the possession and just basically – whether the storm, Fulham's problems, Jamie, have been especially early in matches, giving up early goals. If they can weather your storm in the first 20 minutes and settle into the game and then look for their own chances, they can have a shot at getting something from this. But for me, the key of this is going to be not to concede in the first 20 minutes because whenever they have, it's not been a, it tends not to work out well for them. So for me, they need not to give up that early goal. And, uh, you know, so we, that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm looking on that. But we don't score many early goals, unfortunately. Well, good. We <laughs> we break you we break you down and score. You most break of us our down goals. exactly. Yeah, and exactly. score most of them towards the end of the second half, the last thirty minutes. That's when it gets a bit nervous for us. If we don't start scoring in the last thirty minutes, you're thinking, "Oh God, it's not going to happen." <laughs> I hear you. I hear. You. Okay, I'm going to share my starting eleven. Jamie, you already gave yours, so I'm going to share mine for foam. It's, uh, you know, it'll start with Ariola as your goalkeeper. I mean, not much is going to change in, in my starting 11. It's going to be Ana as your right back. It's going to be Anderson and Adebayo as your center backs. And then your left back will be Anthony Robinson. It gets interesting when you talk about central midfield because uh, I'm tempted to do something that uh, was suggested from Fulham legend Rob Wilson on our full-time show to play these two together, but I'm not going to go with it because I don't think Scott Park is going to do with it. This might surprise you. I'm going to go with uh, Frank and Giza. I'm going to go with Harrison Reed and Tom Kearney. That's going to leave out Ruben Loftus-Cheek. That's been the issue. Where do you play Ruben Loftus-Cheek? I'm going to have Adam Lookman on your left, and I'm going to have Bobby Decadova reed on your right, and then Mitro up front. The question will be, can Loftus-Cheek and Kearney play together? Will Parker play them together? Uh, because they're both, it seems like they're both suited for that number 10 role. And uh, so how do you make it work with both of them? So that's the issue that we've been talking about on Connor's Talk. So I'm going to go with the safe route and say that he's going to have Ruben Loftus-Cheek come off the bench again. But I, I have, there's a part of me that thinks he should start, Jamie. So that's, uh, you know. A little insight a to what's going on with Fulham. It's, it's it's that central midfield, which has a lot of options, can be strong, but it's how do you fit all of your good players on? Do you risk having a passenger? 
because when Ruben Loftus-Cheek has played out wide, he's been a passenger. He needs to yeah. play a certain role. So how do you have your best players play together? It's a, it's a, it's a very interesting situation for Fulham. Okay. All right, We've my friend. With Madison. We've tried that with Madison on yeah, the right. Exactly. And it doesn't work. It doesn't it work doesn't with Madison work. on the right. He's out of the game too much. Out yeah. Of you know, listen, you know, obviously you want to get your best players on, but it's the risk reward. Do you risk just putting him on to be a passenger? And my answer is no. No, you, you don't do that. But we'll see what Scott Parker comes up with. Okay. Let's end with your prediction. Oh, I hate doing this on away fan on away shows because it gets um Without sound, I'm going for a Leicester win. Of course, I'm going for a Leicester win. Yeah, sure. I'm going to go for 2 0. 2 0 Leicester. Okay. Yeah, 2 0. Okay. I was going to say 3 0, but that sounds too confident 3 0 does. <laughs> uh, but no, 2 0. If Vardy's on fire, then yeah. But yeah, 2 0. Yeah, go on. Then Vardy game both. That's what I'm going for. Okay. All right. Sit me down and for that. And listen, I, I certainly understand that and I expect a response from the Liverpool loss from Leicester City. I, you know, listen, I've watched Leicester City. I know they're a quality team. And uh, I'm not going to predict a full victory because I, I, I think that would just be me being what we would call here, Jamie, a homer. Just, just you know, <laughs> yeah. because, because they're my team, right? I certainly, there's a big part of me that wants to lean your way because I think um, percentage-wise, that's the right prediction would be to go with a a Leicester City victory. But I, I'm going to go back to what you said, talking about nothing wrong with getting a draw, especially I think getting a draw against Leicester City would be huge. So I'm going to go with 2-2 because I think I, I actually think Fulham have a chance to score a few goals. So I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw, and it might be wishful thinking, but that's that's what I'm going with. That's not sitting on the fence. That's not losing. <laughs> that's the way you got to look at it. That's right. That's right. And, and, and for Fulham... It would be a huge result. Uh, it would be a huge result. And our, our friend Ed Severin is agreeing with me. He's going 1-1. You know, and again, everything tells me, all the experts will say, pick Leicester City. But I'm a phone fan. So, you know, again, you know, you know, maybe I'm going with don't my heart you. there. You definitely are. You have to, don't you? You have to. Do not lose. First thing in the family. Exactly. Do not exactly. lose. Exactly. All right, all right, Jamie. Listen, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed it. Much appreciated. I love doing these shows, and it's great coming to talk to you as well about Fulham and Leicester. I love it. I love talking about Leicester. Love talking about football in general. Yeah. Okay. Saves, well, saves my wife listen. Saves my wife listening to me all the time talking about football. So it's, <laughs> I love it. That's why. All right. Well, listen. Uh, I highly recommend uh, following Jamie. You can see the scroll at the bottom at, at Leicester Fan TV and at the Fox's Arms. Wonderful video series, Lester Fan TV. Please do check that out. Uh, it's great. I actually was watching it, Jamie. You guys do an excellent job, so I just want, want to share that. And and, uh, I, and I can't thank uh, Jamie enough for joining me today. Before we go, I, I do have some sad news. I, I do want to mention the uh, passing of uh, film supporter Jody Manning. She was uh, 21 years old, and I just want to just uh, share my thoughts on that. And uh, just uh, thinking of uh, Jody's family and friends and uh, wishing them all the best during this hard period. Uh, Jody went to home matches and away matches, a, a true Fulham supporter, and uh, um, just um, thinking of Jody Manning on, on this day. Okay. Well, Jamie, thank you again for doing the show, but we're going to wrap this up. 
For, You're welcome. Much appreciated. Not a problem. For Jamie, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.